Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Gabriella Clark. Each week, we discuss the latest vegan news, taste test new products, and chat to some of the leading names in veganism. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Holly Johnson and I'm the ex-editor of Simply Vegan magazine and now the host of the Simply Vegan podcast. I've been vegan for around three years and I'm raising vegan kids and studying vegan nutrition. My co-host is Gabriella Clark. Hi everybody, I'm Gabriella. I am a yoga teacher and I have been vegan for three years, really passionate about finding ways to really enjoy a vegan diet and also ways I can build more sustainability into my wider lifestyle. Thank you so much for listening. We're super happy to have you here. Um, And we'd love to hear what you think. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on and give us your feedback. What do you want to hear us talk about? What do you want? What products do you want to hear us review? So this week we are reviewing some more Easter eggs. Um, It's a hard job, but somebody's got to do it. Buttermilk, which is a lovely company based in Cornwall in the UK, have bought out uh, some new vegan flavors, salted caramel, crispy berry sundae and zingy orange crisp and they're available at tesco and sainsbury's amazon the vegan kind supermarket and the ethical superstore and they're six pounds which i think is really good what did you think of them gabriella i completely agree from a value perspective i think they're amazing 
I, when I received them and having tasted them, expected them to be more between the 10, 12 pound mark. Um, So I was really pleasantly surprised by the price. From a taste perspective, they were absolutely delicious, really rich in flavour. And actually, again, for me, fantastic value because of how rich the flavour is. They actually lasted quite a long time. I yeah I agree I I definitely before I looked up the price would have said said sort of 10 pound or over they're a lovely big egg um, and you get a chocolate bar with it as well which was your favorite flavor I was between the salted caramel and the chocolate orange for me I absolutely loved the chocolate orange Mm -hmm. it's I mean I'd go so far as to say it's my new favorite chocolate wow because the the bars are available to buy all year round. So yeah, because it's it's sort of, it's milk chocolate, isn't it? Which yes. is a nice treat, a nice change. Um, and yeah, really, really, really nice. I'm never overly keen on salted caramel, but that was lovely too. It's just I think it's a personal preference, isn't it? Whether you like that kind of saltiness with your chocolate. Definitely, and I'm a salted caramel fan. And for me, it was delicious. I have to say one of my least favorite chocolate combinations is chocolate orange. And I really liked this Easter egg. Um, It was it just had like a zinginess and a freshness to the orange. And then that really rich, delicious. What I remember as true milk chocolate, but obviously a, a vegan alternative. So for me, these Easter eggs would definitely be my front runner if I was gifting them to another vegan or to anyone really for this Easter coming up. Well next we reviewed Rudy's Vegan Diner um, DIY kits. We discussed the opening of um, Rudy's Vegan Butchers. Um, I think it was last year wasn't it? Yeah it was end of last year I believe. Yeah so their Vegan Diner and Vegan Butchers are both based in London on different sites obviously closed at the moment due to uh, the the diner anyway has been closed due, due to covid but they're doing these diy kits which are delivered nationwide um you're fairly near london aren't you gabriella but i'm not i'm sort of way down south um about 3 hours away so this is quite exciting for me um to have something as cool as this delivered to my door <laughs> um the D- the diy kits are 36 pounds each they serve four people and one pound from each um, purchase goes to the Friend Farm Animal Sanctuary, which I love. So we both had different ones, didn't we? There's there's two to choose from. There's the Reuben and there's the burger kit. So you had the burger kit, Gabriella. I did. Yes, I did. What? I thought it was absolutely delicious. It was really nice for me to receive this as I spent most of my university years and a few years after living in Camden. Um, So anything with kind of a Camden connection was just a nice nostalgic nod for me. Um, I was really impressed with how it arrived. Um, It felt like a gift, like a gift hamper when it arrived. Um, and all of the components were there. So if you ordered this gift, this uh, DIY kit, you really didn't need anything else in to make a meal. Everything was provided. So we had buns, vegan cheese, the patties, vegan bacon, lettuce, beef tomatoes, burger sauce, caramelized onions, 
and gherkins. Wow, so that is lot. quite some burger. <laughs> quite some burger. Very difficult to eat, but really, really easy to prepare. And for me, very easy to recreate the taste of that kind of dirty vegan diner treat that you might get out in a restaurant at home instructions were really easy to follow as well it's definitely a treat not just from a cost perspective but you're aware it's perhaps not the healthiest thing you could be putting in your body um Mm. we the kit obviously served four so we had uh their burgers across two different evenings and I have to say I did have a fruit salad for dinner the following evening because I felt like my body was craving some goodness <laughs> but it was amazing so delicious and actually after we'd cooked the first two burgers I went online ordered a box and sent it to our friends in Manchester because um, I knew they'd love it so yeah Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. What were the burgers themselves like? Very meaty in texture, very big, a really generous portion size, very meat-esque. Even before you cooked them, they had a a very meat-looking vibe to them. Um, And it kind of gave me an idea of what it would be like to shop from from their vegan butchers as well. Everything was designed to look as well as taste very much like the real thing. So I I tried the um, Reuben box, which was incredible. I mean, you know what I'm like about the... We talked about the um, salt beef uh, rolls from M&S, didn't Mm -hmm. we? The plant kitchen ones. Um, which I loved. So this was amazing. You get a ton of pastrami slices. I mean, you get loads. They they lasted us. Um, well, I think we've we've had like loads of different sandwiches with them um, since, you know, but, and we had plenty to go in the actual Rubens when we were taste testing them as a family as four. Um, amazing. Rudy, Rudy's secret Reuben sauce. Um, comes in the box oh my god I could just eat this by the spoonful I want to know what's in it it's incredible (laughs) it's kind of like a mustardy creamy mayonnaise type sauce Um, and then it comes with sourdough rye bread which is amazing pickles cheese slices caramelized onions and sauerkraut wow Um, it was it was so good and the nine-year-old in the house who's not fully vegan loved it and ate it and gave it a really good review. So that was fantastic. Um, yeah, like you say, £36, you know, it it does seem like a lot to s- spend out, but it did, you know, it, it could have served more than four, I think. And the pastrami was really realistic without being like, ooh, it's too like meat, if you know what I mean. It was um, yeah, yeah. really tasty. I think, you know, when you think about it from a, a perspective of ordering a takeaway, you'd happily spend that on a takeaway for a family of four um so when you think about it like that it's not too bad a price especially if you are then getting some additional meals or usage out of the components afterwards um yeah certainly will be reserved for a treat in our household though yeah I think mine felt uh, it sounds like you felt you were a bit a bit naughty eating quite so many burgers whereas mine it was like sourdough bread you had like the pickles and the sauerkraut so it felt kind of you know like it wasn't 
too naughty if you know what I mean Mm, yeah I can imagine just the the elements of yours definitely would lend more to feeling like a slightly healthier option than the the burgers but if you're looking for that treat or something special again during lockdown they were absolutely delicious um and it's nice to support a vegan company isn't it a smaller smaller setup um what do you do you tend to sort of have burgers at home for dinner at all and if so which what are your favorite ones no so I have to say and again contrary to all of all of the food that we seem to to be sent to review we rarely cook with kind of vegan substitutes or vegan yeah substitute meats cheeses things like that it's definitely more of a treat for us um if we're having burgers we tend to make our own either using kidney beans or jackfruit um but yeah I have to say it's not something that we make regularly how about you um yeah having worked obviously on simply vegan magazine for a few years and doing taste tests for that and then obviously now doing the podcast I have sort of tasted quite a lot of burgers and and we do get them now and again especially in the summer when you know we're outside we've got the kids and um we one of our favorites is the linda mccartney um i think it's it's designed to be like a pulled pork burger that's really good Mm. um and fairly low cost as well um you can find that most supermarkets um and the other week i was also sent the big fry burger which is from fry's family foods i absolutely love this company i interviewed for the podcast tammy fry kelly who's uh you know founded the company and runs the company with her family and she was just incredible that, you know, they're so driven by doing it for the animals and, you know, um, making a change that I, I just, yeah, I just fell in love with the company. So I always try and support them now. Um, and these these burgers were amazing. They're huge. They are £3.50 in Sainsbury's. Um, and yeah, really, really good, really meaty and def- would definitely satisfy a big appetite. So that's another one that we'd recommend. Finally, this episode, um, let's talk about Nooch. <laughs> yeah. Are you a Nooch fan? I am. I am. So I'm a, it's obviously a, a nutritional yeast, a flavoured nutritional yeast that we were sent. And nutritional yeast is a huge part of my diet as a vegan. Um, I don't know what I'd do without it, actually. It gives uh, me the ability to add so much flavour to such a range of dishes, either within sauces or just on top. Uh, they're three ninety nine a pack um, from the no- Notorious Nooch Co website and from Amazon, um, or you can buy bigger boxes. And they come in two flavors: a bacon one and a cheesy one. So, what do you use Nooch in or nutritional yeast when you're cooking? So, uh, lots of the time I use it on top of food. So, if we're having pasta or chili or soups, I tend to sprinkle it on top just for an additional flavor. I also love when I make scrambled tofu, I use use nutritional yeast with mustard, some plant-based milk, turmeric and smoked paprika and whisk it together and kind of pour it over the tofu whilst it's scrambling, um, which gives it a really deep flavor. Um, So lots of lots of ways we use nutritional yeast in our diet with the nooch. I really liked the bacon flavor. It added 
less like a fake bacony taste but more of a smokiness I found mm. that was really nice to top on to put on top of dishes we had um jacket sweet potatoes with hummus and veg and I popped it on that um I had a chili last night and I sprinkled some on there so really delicious for me I wasn't such a big fan of the cheese flavor um it had a that slightly artificial cheesy taste where I'd kind of prefer just a a normal nutritional yeast I think but the bacon flavor was delicious yeah, I, I do always have nutritional yeast in the cupboard. Um, and it was exciting to sort of see some new flavours. And, and, you know, they, they, I think it's an American uh, sort of term, isn't it? Nooch. Um, whereas here we're very formal. Nutritional yeast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I use it. I use it in scrambled tofu as well. I use it to thicken up sauces. I find it sort of it does um, thicken them up a little bit. And in pesto, so in place of like Parmesan, Mm -hmm. I use it in pesto when I'm whizzing that up in um, in a blender. And yeah, I love it. I I really like these. The the cheesy one is very cheesy, isn't it? So I think you've got to really love cheese. Yeah. Um, which we which we do, but perhaps we're a bit out of touch with what real cheese tastes like. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I sometimes wonder that when you're tasting things, whether because it's been such a long time since you've had the real thing, as it were. Yeah. How much your taste buds have changed. Yeah, it's true. I use the bacon flavour to marinate some tofu slices to make tofu bacon. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, so I kind of sprinkled some soy sauce and the bacon flavour, Notorious Nooch. Um, and I don't think I added anything else. Um, and yeah, sort of marinated the tofu slice in that and then grilled it. And it went really nice and crisp and then had it on sourdough bread with like like a BLT, but it's a TLT. Um, that was really nice on Saturday morning. Delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's so much you can do with them. So they're brilliant. Yeah, I'd definitely say go and check those out. Just to finish, we have to mention our 30 a week challenge that we discussed in last week's episode. So we were having a little competition, weren't we, Gabriella? We have been a bit competitive this week with each other, I think. <laughs> so did you did you hit your 30? Well, Holly, I hope that you're not going to beat me on this, but I did hit my 30 and I hit 42. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. So I I have to admit, I'm holding my hand up. I've been a bit busy this week. And after a couple of days, once I kind of hit 30 on the list, I kind of forgot all about it and didn't <laughs> didn't finish the challenge but obviously hit the 30 in just two days so you know I'm probably the winner I reckon don't you well <laughs> without correct figures Holly I could not confirm or deny if you were the winner <laughs> oh so funny um yeah but it just goes to show you know it's not actually as hard as it sounds and I think if when you add in the herbs and spices and things and nuts and seeds actually it does all add up definitely and I think do what I really liked about tracking it this week and actually I think it's something I'm going to take um on board going forward is that I too hit 30 within the first two two and a half days and for me it then really encouraged me to eat more variety the rest of the week so even though I was eating still eating lots of fruit and veg I was finding I was repeating 
a lot of them later in the week. So yeah, then having this target to see how much higher I could get it than 30, rather than reaching again for the same salad items for my lunch, I would change it up. And that's what I really liked about it encouraged me to eat variety through the whole week. Yeah, definitely. It did me as well. Like you say, you sort of sometimes get stuck in a rut, don't you? Having the same breakfast, the same lunch and perhaps changing your dinner. So it does kind of make you think, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a great idea to keep a food diary. Obviously, I'm not going to be very good at it because <laughs> I don't know. I'm bla- I blame the children. They've only just gone back to school. So <laughs> it's all their fault. I think it's good. And it's, you know, it's a, a great way to check in. As we mentioned earlier, we do test a lot of the novelty vegan items which is is great because you know they're they're there as an option for people who are maybe just starting out on their vegan diet or who are in a family of people who aren't all vegan and need a really quick easy substitute so there's definitely a place for that in the vegan world um however something like this 30 a week and challenging myself to make sure I'm eating the variety meant sure I had that balance between the little treats that we were taste testing and a really fulfilling healthy vegan diet yeah I think it's all about you know being realistic isn't it and and balance and you know there's there's definitely a place in my mind for you know the um the mock meats and the the processed vegan products because we do live in the modern world we can't always cook from scratch obviously we try to but you know sometimes things get busy and you just need to stick a pizza in or you know whatever in our interview this episode if you keep listening um I'll be speaking to Colette Fox and she's a nutritionist and even she admits to having MS no chicken kievs now and again so I think if a nutritionist says it's okay then you know <laughs> we're all right <laughs> well thank you so much for listening everybody and don't go anywhere because like I said I'll be talking to Colette Fox nutritionist and founder of The Health Habit she's also working with charity ProVeg to encourage schools to serve more vegan food Hi Colette thank you so much for joining us today how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me, Holly. It's great to to be here. Shall we start at the beginning and um, perhaps you can tell us sort of when you went vegan and why? Sure. Um, I can tell you the exact date. It was the 1st of August 2018 and it's forever in my my brain now, so just over <laughs> two and a half years ago. Um, and I, me and my husband went vegan literally overnight. We went from, uh, yeah, eating rare steaks to, to nothing at all. Um, and the, the trigger was um, my dog, Jamper, who was diagnosed the previous month with lymphoma. Um, so uh, basically, the vet immediately said to us, the first thing before we look at any treatment is look at his diet. That's really important. Nutrition plays a huge role in this. So we were advised to stop feeding him the sort of high quality food that we thought we were feeding him that we got from the vets and to to switch to completely you know home prepared food which we did so um obviously i wanted to do everything to try and get him better and i started researching nutrition and diet 
um, and realised the, you know, the the fact that um, our nutrition plays a huge role in uh, disease, which I kind of knew, but I, I sort of learned a lot more about it and started applying this to Little Jamper. Um, and yeah, just kind of the more and more it went on, I felt really uncomfortable about the fact that I was doing everything to save this animal's life and yet I was carrying on with my um, life as it was then living in Spain and it's very meat and fish focused um, and it just sat really uncomfortably with me so um, I I'd kind of made the decision but my husband's a, a chef and was doing lots of cooking of meat so I, I thought this is going to be a big you know huge uh, deal for us as a little family so yeah. but I managed to to convince him so we we decided and just went for it. That is such a lovely story <laughs> I don't think I've heard um, you know a dog given as an example of going <laughs> vegan before. <laughs> yeah so he's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. I'm still working on my husband. He's kind of like 80% there, but um, okay. he's still sometimes, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not eating out at the moment, but often yeah. when we, we go to the pub, um, which will hopefully be, you know, in the next few months. That will uh, be nice. Yeah, he does tend to go for the meat option and sort of eat it like apologetically. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, 80%, 80% is great, isn't it? I mean, that's... I never thought that my husband would go for it at all. But um, yeah, I managed to put forward a convincing argument. So yeah, it can be done. I never thought it would happen to me. So there you go. (laughs) Well done. So at what point did you train as a nutritionist then? So basically all this kind of obsession with nutrition (laughs) around the dog um, led me to just you know, want to learn more about it. And I think it's something I'd kind of always had in the back of my mind that I was interested in, but I had a fairly solid career doing fundraising and fundraising consultancy. So I just thought, how might, how would I ever kind of move to doing something completely different? And I'd be starting all over again. But I think just the going vegan, you know, it just changed everything. It just changed my life, to be honest. And I carried on doing my consultancy and I immediately looked and the next month I enrolled on a nutrition and lifestyle course to become a coach. So, um, yeah, and I started straight away and did that for a year and just kind of learned all the everything. Well, not everything, but as much as you can in that time about nutrition and um, and, you know, how the body works and how to coach people, how to get the best results um and you know obviously all about the different nutrients and the impact they have so um yeah I I sort of got myself ready over that year to for the next stage as it were and how I was going to implement that and uh, you know use it to help other people with their health and um you, you know actually implementing integrating more fruit and veg in their in their diets because I think most people could do with a bit more so that's how it all came about. Definitely. So um, it's the health habit, isn't it, that you run? And yes, you, run, you yeah. run that with your husband? I do, yeah. So it's kind of a bit of a combo. Um, we've been trying lots of different things with it, but he's the chef and I'm the, the nutrition coach. So we can offer quite a wide variety of things to people. Um, you know, I tend to do the coaching side of it. But we, I mean, originally when we set up, 
at the beginning of uh, 2020, before we knew about COVID or when we were just hearing about COVID, we had all sorts of things planned. We lived uh, in Malaga and we'd set up, you know, food tours of the city, all our favourite plant-based restaurants. And we'd gone around and done everything and it was all up and live and ready to be booked. And we'd had discussions with cookery schools in the city and we were going to be running cookery class, plant-based cookery classes there. And I would talk about nutrition of the things that we were preparing. Obviously, this all flew out the window with COVID. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, we, we decided to come back to the UK um, and, you know, continue our, our work. So it's taken a slightly different direction. And I've kind of carried on working one-on-one with different clients. And Richard does more on the... Um, consultancy around food with you know some big big food brands and writing and presenting and all that kind of thing so it's our kind of umbrella for everything we do that's related to plant-based food yeah so what kind of people come to you I mean is it mainly people that aren't plant-based or vegan that want to maybe you know explore this or lose some weight or is it you know a mixture yeah, it's a mixture. I think I've only actually had one person so far who's been completely plant-based and just wanted to, you know, improve and see what they were doing. And that and their goal was really around losing weight. Um, I think it's easy to think when you switch to this diet, if you are overweight, that you'll lose lots of weight. And that doesn't happen for lots of people. Yeah. We're eating lots of carbs um, as vegans and potentially some junk food as well because there's so much <laughs> lovely stuff out there I know um, it's a nightmare <laughs> it's tempting um but yeah people come for a variety of reasons a lot of people with you know chronic health conditions so they might have hypertension or um type 2 diabetes or they're about to get one of those things and they want to sort of take steps to you know reverse it or manage it um I see more people with you know issues around depression um and poor sleep and high stress again these are all kind of part of the the whole lifestyle um overview so it's not just the nutrition it's you know are people getting good sleep are they exercising how stressed are they you know are they drinking wine every night and smoking because they're trying to cope um so it's taking a really holistic view and helping people to manage those things so it, you know somebody may come to me with a great diet it, it doesn't happen often but they just need some help around how to de-stress and how to meditate and breathe and so I kind of help them with just some really you know simple things they can do baby steps not not doing too much too soon to kind of build those good habits and um, they, they say it takes 66 days to make or break a habit so Typically, I would try and work with people for around that, that kind of 10 week period so that they come out the other end yeah. um, fully ready to go and that these habits are embedded. I think we've all found different coping mechanisms, haven't we, over the past year? And some of them are healthy and some of them aren't. So, <laughs> Absolutely. And I know I'm guilty myself of loads of bad habits, um, especially in the last six months with moving yeah. and, you know, lots of life changes. So um, I totally relate to it and I'm I'm guilty, as guilty as everyone else. <laughs> we, we've sort of briefly touched on, you know, processed vegan options, because like you say, yeah. I think sometimes you kind of, 
you know, you think, oh, brilliant, I'm going vegan, I'm going to lose weight, it's going to be really healthy. And then you go to the supermarket and all these (laughs) amazing new products that we're so lucky to have are labeled vegan and you're like, brilliant, healthy, Um, but they're not, are they? So, you know, are they always bad? Are they a good transition food? How often can we get away with eating them? Um, I would think you shouldn't be eating these things every day. However, I take a very pragmatic approach here. Um, I eat these things myself. I just don't eat them all the time. And I think, you know, you you can talk about um, meat alternatives or processed vegan food as being bad. But if it means you're, you're not eating meat, to me, that's a positive thing. And it's a positive thing for your health. And it's a positive thing for animals and the environment. Um, and there are options out there. Um, I won't name any names, but you know, that actually are pretty healthy. Um, because a lot of these products are, you know, they're made from plants. Um, they, they're often lower in fat. Um, they contain a lot of fiber, which is the, the big issue. I think, you know, I think it's something like over 90% of people don't get their daily fiber requirement. So if it means having, you know, one of these products, it, it, it adds to your fiber without you eating vegetables. So to me, that's a good thing. And, um, and I'd also argue that, you know, a lot of the alternatives to the, the vegan products um, are just as processed and they're full of antibiotics and goodness knows what to get them to our supermarket shelves. So I think, you know, if I was a if I was a medical doctor and plant based, I would say you should be eating a whole food plant based diet and cooking everything from scratch um, and clearly that's where you get the most nutrients and the most health benefits um, and is the most sustainable diet however you know we live in the real world and we're tired and we're stressed and we're working late and you know we we nip to our local whatever and grab something and I I do the same thing so if it helps people um, I don't think I, I don't see it as a problem this is it. This, the danger is that kind of people come to veganism or, you know, a plant-based diet and have to cook everything from scratch. And, you know, I have found it um, more work um, just because, the you know, that's just the nature of, of eating a whole food diet, isn't it? You know, you are Absolutely. cooking everything and there is more washing up and, you know, it's not for everyone. And I think it's it would be a shame for people to give up on veganism because they feel that it is too hard work. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think as you go with it, um, you know, you I mean, one of the things we, we can show people how to do is how you kind of prepare your meals for the week and batch cooking things and, you know, preparing stuff in advance at the weekend. So it is easier to put together and you're not you're not starting from scratch every day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's something you learn as you go. And, the, you know, there's room for all of these options. And I think as long as you focus most of your attention on you know, eating as clean and as unprocessed as possible. Um, You know, there's room to slip in some of these other tasty things as well. That's good news. (laughs) That's what we wanted to hear. Oh, good. (laughs) So one thing I love to ask nutritionists is what they eat in a day. Uh (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah, there's that kind of thing, isn't there? You see it on Instagram, what people think nutritionists eat and what they actually eat. Yeah. So so I should be eating my oats and berries and seeds and things. And I do that sometimes for breakfast, Um, although I do have a bit of a love of 
toast toast basically I love toast yeah. so I try and get a good quality like a seeded rye sourdough is my probably my favorite and I have um it's a quite a Spanish breakfast um toast the bread and then rub a clove of garlic all over the bread so it's really garlicky you get all the benefits of the fresh garlic that hasn't been cooked and um it's a good one for um, being in lockdown and not having to actually meet anyone face to face because you'll stink yeah. for the rest of the day <laughs> and then smear it with avocado and blitzed up you know nice ripe tomatoes bit of sea salt and black pepper that's my that's my favorite breakfast sounds delicious it's amazing um and I feel then like I'm getting some fruit and veg as well as having my toast I'm not yeah. just smothering it in marmalade or something yeah um so that's good lots of nutrients lots of good fats in there um and then lunch probably most weekdays um is a big just enormous salad um which might sound a bit boring but it's got all kinds of stuff in there you know like quinoa or right brown rice or sweet potato and then just everything I can find in the fridge I love cavolo nero bit of apple cider vinegar loads of seeds and um you know just a whole mixture fruit if I you know put apples and sultanas and mango it's just a kind of medley of whatever is kicking around and needs using yeah that's exactly what I do yeah so at least I know I've done something good for the day and yeah. that's I've I've had probably my quota of veg um and then uh evening I'm lucky to have a chef for a husband so I get some good <laughs> stuff made for me um I like things like a you know like a ramen like a miso soup with noodles and veg and tofu and that kind of stuff mushrooms but I, I have a bit of a uh bit of an obsession at the moment since I moved back from Spain for M&S plant kitchen chicken Kiev's <laughs> with loads of green veg so I feel like the green veg balances out the um the chicken Kiev but those yeah. are those are quite delicious and my sort of guilty pleasure at the moment yeah I haven't actually tried those I think my um my co-host uh has and she said they're really good yeah I'd maybe not do it because you may not be able to stop oh uh, really <laughs> yeah <laughs> um what's what's the vegan scene like in Spain then how, how long did you live there Um, we were there for four years. Um, and when we first went vegan, it was, um, difficult to say the least eating out. It was just, you know, like, uh, the little pimiento de padron, the little green peppers, um, or it was, you know, uh, pan con tomato, the bread with tomato, olives. I mean, you're quite (laughs) limited potatoes, but I have to say like within probably the first year, um, places were just opening all the time it was quite incredible um we were close to Malaga in the south and I mean it had loads of dedicated you know vegan restaurants by the time we left and really high standard and even like dedicated you know entirely vegan tapas bars were springing up so I mean there's some great food it's a um and I think you know just the movement in Spain you, you maybe not wouldn't imagine it because it's very traditional, but, you know, the Mediterranean diet is very centered around plant foods with, you know, small amounts of meat and fish, predominantly fish, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it is a pretty healthy diet. Um, and I think more and more people are embracing it. And yeah, we, we, we met lots of people who had switched over. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, Spain is embracing oh. veganism too. 
Yeah, well, that's brilliant news. Yeah, no, it's good. So you've just started working with Pro Veg, haven't you? Who campaign for change? What what's what are you doing with them? So um, yeah, so Pro Veg. So I'm working just literally started last month working for Pro Veg UK, um, and they're they're an organisation I've kind of admired and um, since I went vegan a few years ago, and we're part of a, a bigger global organisation, Pro Veg International, um, and the the that's kind of made up of eight countries over four continents, you know, quite small teams. Um, but basically the, the mission, the global mission is to reduce the consumption of animals by 50% by 2040. So it's a pretty ambitious goal. And then each country goes about running their, their, you know, different programs. Um, so one of the common threads throughout the, the global organization is school food programs um, and actually, you know, going into schools and helping children to eat more plant-based um, food and cut down their consumption of meat. And obviously children are, you know, the future, if we can get them to change and get good habits from a young age, that stands us in good stead for the future. So, um, yeah, so so I'm running the kind of flagship program for the UK, which is called School Plates. Um, and basically the kind of aims of it are to help school meals become healthier so um, we're trying to kind of increase the quality of the food the um, plant-based food that's served and also you know up the quantity of it so there's more options and hopefully on more days of the week Um, and you know obviously making the menus more sustainable by doing this and it also saves schools local authorities um, catering companies money um, that you know the ingredients are cheaper so that's kind of a good selling point as well and obviously something everybody's interested in um, but also aside from the actual food it's about attitudes and we're you know wanting to kind of help change attitudes to plant-based food so especially with children with teachers parents and you know the catering teams where it's seen as food for vegetarian children or food for children of a particular faith um, or children with allergies. We want, you know, vegetarian and plant-based food to be seen as something everybody can enjoy. um, And they don't have to feel, you know, I quite like the look of that, but I'm not vegetarian. So am I allowed to have it? Which is, which is what often happens, would you believe? So um, yeah, so we're, we're working, focusing on primary schools um, just because it's kind of the most potential to change. You've got large local authority catering contracts. So we can, we can, we've got the, the potential to change, you know, several hundred schools in one go and change those menus. And obviously that has huge impact. So, um, yeah, that's, a, that's the, <laughs> the project. And um, we do this free of charge which is amazing. Um, And we, yeah, go out and um, contact the local authorities. And then we just kind of have a quite sort of soft and gentle approach to it. So once we get a local authority or a, you know, like a multi-academy trust that's got several schools in the remit, we just, you know, review their menus. um, And we, we sit down with them and obviously uh, on uh, things like zoom at the moment yeah but ideally we'll be doing it face to face at some point um and we're just looking at you know not even introducing new recipes in the in the first instance but just trying to change things like 
the language that's used. So not, you know, as I talked about, not having the vegetarian option um, that you have, you know, option one and option two. So you're not putting, um, making the the main meal sound like it's superior to the vegetarian. So it's yeah. kind of creating more balance in the menus. And we look at things like taking out all the, all the veggie, vegan, um, you know, veggie sausage, all these words and putting in more descriptive words around where, you know, if it's a crispy um, chicken style something or if it's, a, you know, a creamy korma rather than a veg curry. Yeah. So things that kind of sell the dishes and encourage kids to choose those over the meat based option. So it's really simple little tweaks that we make and then we sort of test that out and um, see what the uptake is and then we kind of move to the next phase of um, basically trying to connect um, children with the food and the impact it has so lots of schools have meat-free days or meat-free Mondays so we're we're sort of trying to say that's great that you're doing that but how about not calling it meat-free because that also implies there's maybe something missing And, and talk about things like planet days or planet friendly days where kids can start to make the connection with the food and the impact it has, you know, in, in the environment and on animals and on their health and just kind of make them think a bit more about, you know, where the food's coming from and what they want to eat, I guess. <laughs> that in a nutshell is, um, yeah, our kind of aim. Um, and if there's anyone out there who's involved with a school or parent of a child or particularly if, you know, on a larger scale, like a, a local authority or um you know catering company we'd love to we'd love to be in touch with you and um you know offer our services for free if it would help so how can people get in touch with you is that via proveg yeah so i uh, just drop drop me an email basically the email is schools with an s at proveg.com so uh, nice and simple and I will pick that up <laughs> some really good ideas there I have a, um, a nine-year-old son who's at primary school um, and they have vegetarian options and I think they're labeled option one option two okay that's good. Um, which is good but there's nothing yeah there's no vegan options so how would you kind of approach that so um, so that would be typically something some schools do have vegan options, but mostly don't. So they'll have, they'll have lots of kind of cheesy type things as the vegetarian. So typically we, as I said, we sort of take this slowly, slowly approach. It might be something to introduce at the second stage once they've tried it out and they're a bit more open to, you know, knowing that this works and kids are receptive to a bit of change. We can then try and make some of the dishes plant-based. So we can say, okay, well, Instead of putting your milk, you know, your dairy milk in there, we could switch it for some oat milk or soya milk and, you know, just switch out some of the ingredients and kind of make it a plant based dish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. But uh, again, it's, you know, people are, can be a bit afraid of change and think very nice to taste. So it's about really selling it and getting them to try things. And I mean, I was speaking to somebody yesterday who I've suggested some recipes to, and, um, uh, and she's, she emailed me to say, yep, I'm going off to, to make the crushed chickpea and sweet corn mayo sandwiches at home this weekend and try it out before we put it into, you know, our packed lunches as the new plant-based option. So it's great that people are embracing 
saying it. Um, I sometimes think, oh gosh, people are going to freak out when I suggest this. But um, I'm amazed at how open and you know up for it um, these schools and catering um, organisations are. It's really brilliant. That is really good to hear because I I think people are some people still are a bit afraid of veganism, aren't they? They think it's some sort of cult that's trying to you know get them to give up all their favourite things and kind of become one of us and I think you know we are moving away from that image all the time but there still is that um sort of idea out there I think I think so and I think you know I think plant-based and and veganism are two different things they're kind of a bit one and the same but you can um you know I think the plant-based angle is certainly a strong one and if that hooks people to making changes for whatever reason you know they decide to make them maybe becoming vegan is something else that happens further down the line or people often start out for one reason and then you know they they kind of their knowledge and understanding grows um, and it becomes for lots of reasons I mean for me I started out because of my dog but now it's for it's for everything I do it for all reasons and you know and I am vegan but I don't promote veganism nor does ProVeg it's okay. about you know trying to get it's it's again this pragmatic approach and trying to get people to just drop you know cut a bit of the meat and dairy and up the intake and hopefully you you get to feel better and you you like it and you do more of it because it works for you so yeah that that kind of baby steps approach I think seems to work yeah do you think <laughs> do you think children want to know where their food comes and make more conscious choices yeah, I do. Definitely. Um, I mean, I don't have children myself. Um, I've got dogs instead, but um, I know lots of children. And um, I mean, I think kids are, you know, they're naturally inquisitive, aren't they? They want to know. They've always got a million questions and why this and why that. Um, so I think, yes, I think I think a lot of kids don't know where their food comes from. Um, I think you probably do if you live, you know, in the Mediterranean and you eat whole fish with the heads on and the whole thing I think if you live in you know lots of parts of the UK you wouldn't you just pick things come in a polystyrene thing with cling film and it goes in the pan Um, and you know perhaps if you you grow up in a more rural setting you know where eggs come from and you understand about how how food is made and you know growing your own vegetables so I think you know, my my view is, of course, children want to know. And I think it, it, by knowing it helps them to decide what they want to eat. And, you know, do, do they like the idea of, you know, hurting an animal? Probably, probably not. I think, you know, we, we kind of condition ourselves as we get older, don't we, that some of these things are OK. Um, whereas I think children are more honest and yeah, um, pure. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we, we owe it to them to you know, in the nicest possible way without being frightening or scary, um, show them and encourage them to grow vegetables and fruit and any, you know, anything they can do, whatever their sort of home setup is, is a positive thing. And then they, they can make their own choices. Definitely. Yeah. So what's your vision for the future just to finish off? Gosh, big, uh, <laughs> big question. Um, I guess, uh, a more plant-based world without sounding too idealistic um you know I, I've talked about children and I think you know if we can help children to eat better 
that would be an amazing thing. And obviously they, they're the future. Lots of older people are more set in their ways. Not everybody, but I get that. My parents, for example, think it's crazy and they think I'm, I'm crazy that I'm vegan. <laughs> and when am I going to, you know, have I, have I grown out of it yet? That kind of thing. <laughs> yes, they don't understand it. <laughs> it's a, a choice forever. So, but, um, but I think, yeah, helping, helping children and, seeing more more schools or you know just generally not specifically with the work with ProVeg but that would be an amazing thing to see more choices available and more people taking them and I uh, I guess for me personally um, to just keep doing work that I absolutely love and I think makes a difference is really important you know and I, I this sort of transition to um a little bit away from from the health coaching at the moment because I feel like it makes a bigger impact which is you know really important so more of the same for me please would be great (laughs) oh well thank you so much for chatting to us it's been really good to hear from you you're welcome Holly well that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening to the simply vegan podcast we have a new episode out every Tuesday morning UK time so we'll see you next week catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.